You can find all the new ideas in the old books, only there you will find them balanced, kept in their place, and sometimes contradicted and overcome by other and better ideas. The great writers did not neglect a fad because they had not thought of it, but because they had thought of it, and of all the answers to it as well. G.K. Chesterton. Hi, I'm Sarah, your host, and this is Restoration History. How do we trust anything the founders say? Most of them weren't Christians. The Constitution was racist because it didn't allow for the freeing of slaves. Thomas Jefferson was anti-God, anti-church, a racist, bigoted, sexist hypocrite who used his slaves and refused to free them even after he died. Why on earth should we listen to a bunch of archaic old white guys and their equally dusty books and documents? Anyway, don't you think it's time for a new and improved progressive sort of agenda? Yeah, I didn't think so. (laughs) This is the conversation that I have pretty regularly with people on the left side of the political aisle. And it's pretty par for the course. I mean, just look at their democratic platform. They start out basically completely erasing the past and saying, we need to keep progressing forward and we need to make sure that the things of the past don't happen again in the future. They completely rewrite history and take out even the good things that founded this nation, including the fact that we are governed first and foremost by a creator God and that the sanctity of life and the protection of the rights and freedoms of human individuals, their life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is the responsibility of the government to protect. Contrast this with the Republican Party platform and you have a completely different view of what the Constitution is, what it was, what it is supposed to do, and a reaffirmation over and over again of a creator God who grants human beings unalienable rights that the founding fathers knew were not to be decided by the government, but were to be protected by said government. Now, it's one thing to have a conservative platform, but it's another thing entirely to actually live by what that platform states and affirms. So how do we combat those who adhere to the democratic platform if we ourselves are not informed and knowledgeable about our own platform, our own stance on the way government should be run? That is a huge issue nowadays because we have a lot of loud people on the left who will spout their feelings and their opinions as if everything is truth to them and how do we combat that how do we argue against feelings and emotion and opinions that they firmly believe to be fact this is the problem we have and this is why education is so so important for us on the conservative side and it starts in the home. Thomas Jefferson said, an educated citizenry is a vital requisite for our survival as a free people. Why are we losing our freedoms? Because one, we are uneducated as a people. We don't know a whole bunch of things that the founding fathers were so informed about, were so aware of at that time in history. And so we live in inactive lifestyle and just hope that our freedoms and liberties are not taken away from us. That is a dangerous place to be. Okay, so why am I 
on my soapbox ranting and raving about education and ignorance and the Democratic Party. Well, it isn't to be preachy, although it probably sounded a little bit like that. I was trying to go back into some historical documentation and evidence about why education is so important and why the Founding Fathers were not a bunch of archaic old white guys with ignorant, regressive ideas. They actually knew what they were talking about and they based even their constitution on immutable principles and knew that to fight against those immutable principles would be the death of our freedom. So why is the Constitution so important and why is it something that we need to hold fast to regardless of the progressive idea that things are changeable and law is adjustable and it's based on feelings and opinions rather than fact and the Constitution is a living document and so we can adjust it as needed for progressive times and for new ideas and new fads when they come along in the culture, right? That's the idea that the Democrats go along with. Well, why is that not true of the Constitution. Just start with the name. Constitution, it comes from two words, cognate and statue in the Latin. And basically the meaning is to set something up firmly in place. When you think of a statue, you think of something that's pretty immovable, right? It's a memorial. It's something that's made to last. I wouldn't say an, an immortal, but as immortal as you possibly can get in, in a decaying world. And so the idea of a constitution is that it is a fixed kind of human law by which all other laws are judged. So every law that we make in this country should be automatically placed under the lens of our original constitution and should be evaluated based on its consistency with what is written there. Now let's take that one step further. The Constitution itself was based on Judeo-Christian principles. The founders had already laid out those principles in the Declaration of Independence, but they were a new nation. The reason why they needed a Constitution was because while the Declaration was a, the why of government, the Constitution was the how. So think about that. If the Constitution is how to run their government, their brand new fledgling government, and it's based on Judeo-Christian principles, where are they getting ideas for the laws that are going to govern their nation in perpetuity? Enter the Bible. Did you know that the Bible is mainly a book about politics? <laughs> and if we look at the original definition of the word politics, we can see exactly why. Now, I was going to save the word of the day for the end of the podcast, but I figured it fits in pretty well here. Politics in Webster's 1828 Dictionary is defined as the science of government. That part of ethics which consists in the regulation and government of a nation or state for the preservation of its safety, peace, and prosperity, comprehending the defense of its existence and rights against foreign control or conquest, the augmentation of its strengths and resources, and the protection of its citizens in their rights, with the preservation and improvement of their morals, politics as a science or an art is a subject of vast extent and importance. Now that definition really goes into the idea of a government made by man in order to protect and preserve rights and, and liberties. But if you look at the Bible on an individual basis, it was exactly that. The politics, the, the science of how to govern ourselves, how to protect and preserve our rights under God. And how to do it in such a way that we add to, that we augment, uh, expand, grow, develop 
as citizens of both this world and the next one. More importantly, the Bible is a book that narrates God's purpose and plan for this world. And this was the greatest reference material that our founding fathers used. Granted, they used other references, they used other philosophers, but even Jefferson said that he had studied countless moral teachers and philosophers over the centuries of human history. And he came back to Jesus Christ as the best moral teacher he could find out of all of them. And so he actually pulled together in four different languages in handwritten notes, all of the best of the moral teachings of Jesus and put it into what they call now the Jefferson Bible. And that's what he studied daily in four different languages. Jefferson knew and constantly reaffirmed over and over again in his writings that the moral principles of the Bible were absolutely essential to the preservation of a free people. And Jefferson wasn't the only founding father who actually believed that. In fact, they believed so strongly in the absolute truth of the word of God and its inherent necessity in the governance of the human race that 11 months after the victory over the British and the Revolutionary War, they were finally able to abolish a previous mandate by the British crown that no Bible could be printed on American soil because it would not line up with the Church of England. 11 months after their victory over Britain, Congress finally printed the first Bible on American soil. 11 months, first Bible of the revolution. And you know what they wrote on the first, on the front cover? This is a neat edition of the Holy Scriptures for the use of schools. <laughs> this is in 1782. It's in the records of con Congress. You can look it up for yourself. This is such a far cry from what the progressive Democratic Party wants you to believe. The Bible was essential in our founding history. Think about that for a moment. The left wants us to believe that there was no God and no religion. It was a secular government right from the beginning. And yet Congress endorsed the first Bible ever printed in America. Not only endorsed it, but, but made sure that every school in the nation had a copy of it. 10,000 copies were printed of this so that they could distribute it to the schools in the nation as a matter of public education because the founders knew that their government was not going to get anywhere if it was not founded on the virtues and principles of our Judeo-Christian history. We weren't a secular nation. We had a very strong foundation. Every founding father, even the ones who weren't necessarily considered Christian, maybe by our standards of the creed that every Christian believes in, but they all knew that the Bible was the most important source document for governing, not only as individuals ourselves, but also governing an entire nation. They'd seen that no empire, no great nation could rise and not fall if God was not at its head. And again, I'm not talking theocracy. We're not, we are a nation ruled by a human government, but that human government had its founding principles, its constitution written based on the Judeo-Christian values. Even our peace treaty with Great Britain stated it so clearly. You can't get any clearer than this. 1783, the peace treaty that they, that they signed, secured American independence in the name of the most holy and undivided trinity. What other God 
is a triune God in any other religion other than the Christian God. And we acknowledged it in our Treaty for Independence from Great Britain. Many of our founding fathers were even educated in theological seminaries, seminaries that were, were created to instruct and train missionaries and pastors. Our historians today would like you to think that these people were completely secular, or if they had a basis in Christianity, it was a very loose one, loose association, and it's just not true. It's funny when people try to tell you that our founding fathers were not Christians and that they didn't have a Christian government in mind. They mention the two men that were considered the least religious of the entire group of 56 signers, Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin. Yet we completely forget about the other 54 signers, not to mention their wives and the people who influenced them. Just as an example, John Adams was asked sometime around 1816, where did we get this great nation from? How did it come to be? And you'd think he would have mentioned, you know, the Enlightenment or the philosophers and the the history of other empires and nations and stuff like that. And that's not at all what he mentioned. In fact, he gave a list of reverends and preachers who influenced them in the First Great Awakening. So people like Reverend Samuel Cooper, Jonathan Mayhew, George Whitefield, Reverend Charles Chancy, Reverend Harry Hoosier, Reverend Absalom Jones, Richard Allen, John Morant, Lemuel Haynes, all of these people who drew crowds to come and hear the word of God being preached. Harry Hoosier, do you know why Indiana is named the Hoosier State? It's because of a reverend. Harry Hoosier, a black man who preached in the territory that became Indiana. An entire state named after an African-American preacher who brought crowds and crowds of people to the Lord. He, Benjamin Rush, one of the signers of the Declaration, said that, that Harry Hoosier was one of the greatest orators. And this is a guy who had listened to Patrick Henry speaking. I mean, Patrick Henry, the give me liberty or give me death guy. Benjamin Rush stated that Harry Hoosier was the greatest orator he'd ever heard. And we don't know anything about this man because history books nowadays don't tell of the spiritual and religious background that built this nation. There's another great man, Benjamin Rush, father of American medicine. He was the one of the only, if not the only, doctors in America who would train African-American men to be doctors at a time when supposedly white people who founded the United States of America were racist, bigoted, horrible people. (laughs) Benjamin Rush actually trained African-Americans to be doctors. We don't know this man. (laughs) He was not only the father of American medicine, he was the father of public schools under the Constitution. He founded the first abolitionist society and was a big proponent for civil rights. He founded America's first Bible society. He was big into prison reform. He started the Sunday school movement. So when you're sitting in with you letting your kids go to Sunday school, that was because of the, one of the founding fathers, Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, who decided that churches needed Christian education that was made for young children's ears and minds. It doesn't get much better than this. <laughs> I'm just 
I'm blown away by all of these people I'm learning about. Roger Sherman, he signed all four of the first documents in our nation's history. He was one of the three most active people in the Continental Congress. He was the mind behind the bicameral system of government, so the, the House of Representatives and the Senate. And he also was the creator of the Electoral College. We have him to thank for the fact that we are not a nation that elects a president based on a popular vote. I could get into an entirely different idea um, lecture on popular vote and versus Electoral College, and I won't do that today. But he was the one who thought that through. George Mason was the one who gave us the idea of when Congress decides to get too big for its britches, he gave us Article 5 in the Constitution that says that the states get to bypass Congress, get to sign a resolution, and get to propose amendments to the Constitution that will once again restrain any efforts at tyranny in our government. So it gives the power back into the hands of the people. We haven't used an Article 5 convention yet, but I'm beginning to believe strongly and I'm fighting for that cause that we need an Article 5 convention to, to rein in that power, to restrain our fiscal irresponsibility in the federal government and to bring the power back into the hands of we the people and the individual states where it belongs. So these are all amazing people. Roger Sher Sherman, I was telling you, he's he was a theologian. <laughs> I mean, he created the doctrinal creed for his own denomination. This man, he was so amazing. He had 15 children, okay? This was obviously a generation of, they had large families, the mortality rate wasn't quite as good as it was as it is today, but he had 15 children who lived to adulthood, and his tradition was that he would take a brand new Bible to each session of Congress, and he was in Congress for a very, very long time, and he read through that Bible, he made notes, he put in his own thoughts and, and ideas and commentary on the scriptures that he was reading, and then he would go home after each session of Congress, and he would give one of his children this annotated Bible that he had brought to Congress, and then he would start all over again in the next session. Talk about teaching and training and raising up the next generation in the ways of the Lord. This man had it. I mean, that's that, that was his plan. When you hear people say our nation was, was a secular nation and that the founding fathers had nothing to do with the Bible, didn't want it in their constitution, it's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie, pure and simple, and we need to get the truth out there. We need to educate our children. We need to teach the truth. We need to look at these documents. They're so easy to find. Wallbuilders.com, uh, David Barton, he's a historian. He's spent decades gathering original documents, original artifacts, and things from our nation's history, and he's formed a museum. But online, he's started a collection of those documents and given resources so people can look it up and read the writings of the founders, the writings of great men and women in our history. And there's also the Avalon Project, which has recorded documents from all over the world going back to ancient times even. So the resources are out there and I'm going to continue to share with you what I've learned and where I've gotten the information that I'm giving to you. The truth is out there and it's our duty and privilege as American citizens to seek after the truth. Over and over again in scriptures it talks about us, our responsibility being that we need to seek after the truth. But it's more subtle than that because it doesn't often say seek the truth and you will find it what it says is you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart i will be found by you guys that's talking about jesus he is the way the truth and the life and the founding fathers knew that 
they knew that the truth would be found in the word of God. So how do we trust a bunch of archaic old white guys who founded this nation? That's how. We trust them because they trusted in the creator. So I want to leave you with that thought tonight. The enemy is never passive. And he is using human beings to lie and deceive and cover up the truth. And it is our job when we know the truth to teach it to our children, to learn it for ourselves and acknowledge it, and then to make sure that we take an active role in bringing the truth to light. So what are you going to do as an American citizen this week to bring the truth to light?